The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk TNT Radio. And welcome back to the program. Our news guy is very much on point to the point where he just stole my thunder that I was going to open with the whole Woolworths and Coles, but I, I will add a little bit to it. Um, Woolworths, yeah, absolutely refusing to do any kind of Australia Day merchandise. Coles saying, hey, we'll have a limited uh, amount available for sporting and for Australia Day. They've actually said that uh, as we saw Peter Dutton uh, jumping on board and saying we should boycott Woolies. Absolutely, that is the case. You should do that. And don't forget Kmart as well. Kmart did that last year. And uh, you should ring your local Kmart store and say, are you going to have, because, and bear in mind as well, Coles and Woolies are supermarkets. You know, when it goes to Big W and Kmart, they're the ones where you typically go to buy stuff for Australia Day, whether it be flags or shirts or whatnot. So, and again, same owners, these places, always the same owners when you chase up the uh, up the tree. So certainly go and ask and find out because if they're boycotting uh, Australia Day and here we are in Australia, you should boycott them. Someone else you might want to boycott, and I did hint at the beginning of last hour, I would talk about this. And here's the thing. Now, I'm, I don't like to tell a story, twist it to suit my own narrative because I'm not a lefty and I don't work in the mainstream media on the left. So I'll say if I kind of agree with something, but you don't like how I initially present it, well, I'll go on with the story and you make up your mind. Chat, online chat, you can tell me. There's a story here. McDonald's cashless uh, move sparks calls for boycott. Now, there's a couple of stores that are in Melbourne. Now, they're in Clayton South. Uh, around there. Now, it's if you've ever been down to Clayton South, thank you, Mass Immigration, you'll know that you have some very uh, suspect groups that come from cultures that really don't like law, they don't like order, they like to do bulk smash and grabs. They And they get let off all the time because they, you know, their poor, pitiful upbringing um, is, is allows for this type of thing. They don't know any better. Well, I suggest they don't care. They can find out what they should have been doing while they cool their heels in jail. Now, as a result, um, this McDonald's cashless thing in this store and another store in the area. Now, whilst you'd be saying, yes, let's boycott the store, absolutely, and I could just leave it at that and say, let's boycott McDonald's, but I'm not going to because the reason they've done this, I'm kind of on board for because what happened was they had a, a, a robbery at gunpoint. Now, I would argue it could possibly be from one of these groups in the area, and the simple fact is they're saying we will take cash, we just won't take it between, let's say, midnight and 5 a.m. because that's when we're likely to get robbed at gunpoint. And I'm kind of on board with that. But you could also, McDonald's, hire a security guard with a gun. You could do that and pay some money and say, we won't be dictated to you by these petty criminals. We won't. But we could also go one step further back and say, if Australia would have asked at the last referendum um, about our migration preferences rather than would we like to give the keys to the kingdom over to a group who represent less than three percent of the or less than four percent I should say of the community maybe then they would understand how we feel not that they don't already know they certainly do know and we wouldn't have to deal with situations such as this historically that would never happen but I mean I do understand if you're going to take the money out of the store just so these grubs can't get their hands on it because there's no cash no cash here as per the movie chopper I do get it because I'd love to see them go in there, point the gun. Well, I would no, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll walk that back. I'd love to see them go in there, try and rob a store, preferably not at gunpoint ever, and just be told, mate, there's no cash, piss off. 
that would be terrific. I would love that. And just to see them go moping out the door, hopefully to be caught by the police as they woken. But again, over in America where they have open carry firearms permit, would you walk into a store and say, give us all your money when half the people in that store are likely to be armed? Doesn't necessarily work out too well for the perpetrators. I've seen video after video after video of that, and I'm a big advocate for that. I think it's terrific because good people don't do bad things with guns. Good people do good things with guns, like a steak knife. I can cut a piece of steak or I can stab somebody with it. I choose to use the knife to cut steak. Now, again, is that a bad knife? It is a tool. It is only bad in the hands of bad people. And when you have a situation, a law for a fact, in fact, that says, you know, good people can't have guns and bad people because they're bad, because they're criminals. Well, I'm a criminal. I don't have to follow your rule. I'll get a gun. And guess what that gives me? A major advantage over all of you lawful people. And you'll, of course, just hand over everything you've got because I've got one of these and you don't. That's how it works. And only, I think, you know, a government, a government, especially in America, where it's written into their constitution that they have the right to bear arms and yet they they go about that. And I know Gemma Cooper's probably chafing at the bit to, to comment on that because I, they you could argue, and it's a good counter-argument, that over in the UK, they don't have guns, therefore there's not much gun crime. But the knife crime, that is almost non-existent here in Australia, despite the, that's not a knife, this is a knife, but despite all of that, it, it just doesn't happen. But uh, all the crims, all the gangs, so easy to get a gun here in this country. I mean, I grew up in Marrickville, and uh, despite the fact that two of them um, are actually now dead, um, but people that we knew, I can tell you their names, front page of the paper. I mean, it would have been so easy for me 10 years ago when they were alive to just go down and say, mate, can you get me a gun? And they would find the gun, anyone. It was so easy if you grow up in an area where you know who all the crims are or you grew up or went to school with them, and these are just the ones who I would know. So how hard could it possibly be to get a gun here in Australia? The answer is not that hard if you're a criminal. But if you're not, well, I'm not going to have one. Why? Because if I have one, I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to have firearms, uh, prohibition orders against me for the rest of my life. I'm going to have police rocking up. You're not going to do it, are you? You're just not going to do it. But the bad guy will, and there in lies your problem. So as for these McDonald's pe people who don't want to be robbed, who don't want to have cash on site between those hours, I think that's probably okay. But I would say McDonald's, you can afford to set a, a precedent in that store and get some armed security guards and continuing to take cash because that way everybody's happy except guess who? Except the bloody criminal. God forbid we should upset the criminals here in our woke nation's it's all for them. Ah, now, for a complete list of shows uh, and the schedule that we offer here at TNT, simply visit the website at tntradio.live. We serve up the latest live news and current affairs, and we it is presented by a host of credible and expert commentators who can separate fact from fiction, truth from propaganda. We're right here at today's News Talk TNT. Conversations to inform and include. It's meant for everyday people to understand. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yes, I get fired up on particular subjects. I really do. And I could just feel Gemma chafing at the at the bit when I probably had that, that gun rant. Gemma Cooper, how are you going? Time for your say. Well, Dean, you know, don't hold back. Tell us how you really feel, you know? I can't. I can't. <laughs> I, I don't have the gene that permits me to do that. 
Yeah, well, that's what broadcasting is all about, isn't it? You need to you need to have the courage of your convictions and a voice, and you certainly got that. I mean, I'm more interested in the cashless aspect of your uh, narrative there because it that is part of the globalist agenda, and um, I think that's how it can be brought in by stealth. You know, yes. to use an argument like that, which nobody would disagree with on the face of it. You know, if you just want to go to work and do your job and not be held up at gunpoint for the sake of some cash, you know, the poor workers. Obviously, everyone would say, well, of course, we need to protect them, but that's how it's all dressed up. And the fact that cashless, um, in fact, I was out doing some filming uh, yesterday afternoon here in the UK, uh, in, in Bristol, which is a, a in the West Country, <clears throat> big city. It's a smart city. It's one of the big smart cities here. And we went, uh, went into a little cafe because it's freezing cold here in England and UK at the moment, absolutely Arctic blast, no sign of any global boiling. So me and the cameraman were like, oh, let's, let's, let's go and warm up, go into this cafe where it's full of young people. You could argue woke, but everyone's staring at their laptops. Nobody's talking to each other. I was like, I haven't been into the city for ages, ages, a couple of years, actually, till I've been in the city center. And I was, no one was talking to each other and they didn't take cash. They didn't take cash. But by the time we'd ordered and realized they didn't take cash, I just thought, oh, well, shall we have the debate? And the cameraman did. He had he took the the young girl behind the counter to task in a very friendly manner. He was a lovely guy. Um, but she said, she said exactly what you've just said. Oh, it stops us, it stops us getting robbed. And then in the next breath, she says, Oh, and it's much easier to track. And that's that's the real nub of it, isn't it? It's much easier to track. And just going back to the top of the last hour, when we were talking about the 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 scandal in the UK, which is dominating all of the headlines, the postmaster and postmistress scandal about the AI glitch. I, they call it IT, but it's AI glitch that saw them all sent to prison, wrongly convicted of theft and fraud. Um, if you have a cashless society, that's that's run by AI. So there's a glitch in the system. You got no cash. You know, that's that's where we're going. And, that, and and corporations will do anything they can to dress it up because uh, who's the boss of a corporation and who's the boss above them? Nefarious, shadowy entities. No corporation is good. And especially McDonald's. I mean, their animal welfare is, is atrocious and God knows what's in the food. But anyway, if the McDonald's lawyers are listening, that's my own personal opinion. And that's a fair comment. Nothing more. But, um, you know, that's how they'll do it. It's convenience. It's safety. It's all of those things. Um, and, and you can't really argue with it on the face of it until you look behind that and see where it's all going one massive global agenda as always yeah and Gemma, i mean it's so difficult you know when you have a lovely shop assistant who says to you face to face the reason that we have this is so you know i won't be robbed and killed it's very hard to argue that even though you have a good argument it's very difficult to do that um i had a, a thing about a year ago i was on radio and i was saying how some of the police you know when we have uh, riots and whatnot they're too small they're physically you know they're literally crying and running away and we should have certain standards. And I had a go at a few police officers and a woman rings in, wants to defend her daughter, who's a police officer. So I'm ready to have a, a full on online, you know, on air debate, looking forward to it. And she opens up with, uh, my daughter was the young lady who was killed in that thing that happened in the paper a week before. So at that point, I was never gonna argue with her just because this woman wanted to tell us about her daughter and we made it about that. So sometimes it's very hard to argue a point. But having said that, in relation to this McDonald's store, why do you even need an armed security guard when you have a time delay safe? Where they, as soon as they get more than $100 in store or any $50 notes immediately go into that, nobody can open it until 7 or 8 a.m. in the morning. And also if you've got big uh, signs all over the place, uh, money is in a time delay safe. So that would solve that problem. So again, you're right, by increments is how they get us. And uh, oh, well, we haven't had any robberies at that store since going cashless. Let's do it in all our stores from midday till 6 a.m. And then it expands. You are absolutely correct. 
Yeah, and that's that's how it will be dressed up in in any mainstream kind of headlines. Impossible to argue with, except you know people that look behind the headlines, of which there are, I would say, not just millions but billions now around the world look behind the headlines and see where this is going. The the question is, of course, headlines, of which there are, I would say, not just millions but billions now around the world look behind the headlines and see where this is going. The the question is, of course, um, what do you do about it? You know, I mean, we could have got up and walked out of that cafe yesterday and I almost sort of thought let's just go but then we would have had to hunt for another cafe in a very woke city in a smart city it's it signed up to, to it pledged you know to become a smart city a couple of years ago it was very very clear in Bristol you know that that is its agenda so would we've had to trudge around in the freezing cold trying to find somewhere that took cash um you know that this is where society is absolutely going and it is it's gone it's gone it's not going it's gone in many parts of of, of certain places here in the UK and our wager in Australia too. Um, so this is the next kind of uh, level in the battle that we're fighting against the global agenda. They tried to bring it in uh, three and three four years ago with with the jabs and the mandates and the vaccine passports. You know this method of control, cashless societies. It's just another way of doing it, um, and that is creeping in far quicker than than we would like. We, it's easy to stand up against somebody wanting to stick an experimental injection in your arm. You know you can really see firsthand the horrors that that's done. Cashless society, as we're discussing, it's it's more pernicious. It's creeping. It's insidious. And then what what would I have done? Had to go home and make my own hot drink and then come <laughs> back again. You know, that's that's the logical end to where we are with this. If you're standing up against the system, you're we will. I will. I will be completely excluded if everywhere goes cashless. What do I do? Because yeah, I'm, I'm still using. You know, what do we do? I'm I'm one of those people that will almost cut my nose off to spite my face when it comes to that. There was a brand of cheese here called Coon. It was named Coon after the man who invented the company. And those, and, and I would consider those who advocated we change the name because it's racist. Nobody had ever thought in those terms at all. So those who advocated to ban this product were the racist because no one else had thought about this. And to this day, I will not buy Chia Cheese. I will not shop at my local KFC, no matter how much I'd love a piece of fried chicken because they have gone cashless since COVID. And um, I, I have to admit, I did once, once use a self-checkout because I was going to be late for work and I had no choice. And so apart from that, I'm really staunch with that stuff. And I'm, But, I mean, there's our KFC. The line is around the block. So I seem to be the only one in the area that cares. Well, fair play to you, Dean. Fair play. I mean, that's that's the only kind of language. That's definitely the only language corporations understand is is a fiscal language. Is is, is money. Um, but are there enough? I I mean, you know, I chat to people who are awake. You know, you want to use that word awake uh, about cashless, and a lot of people, you know, within the alternative movement, say, "Oh, yeah, but you know, sometimes it's just really convenient." I'm like, "No, no, you don't get it. You know, you stood up against the last four years. You stood up against the mandates. You stood up against your employer. You stood up against." So many people for 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 the jabs and and everything that was happening in masks and you were willing to have rows with people over all those things. Can you not see that cash is equally equally as bigger, if not the bigger issue yeah. now? Central digital banking currencies would sp will spell the end for personal freedom and sovereignty without a shadow of a doubt. And it will be the method of control. It's the thing now I think we need to stand up against. But thankfully, here in the UK, we have got the Keep It Cash campaign um, and we've got a couple of mainstream outlets tentatively mentioning, we you know, don't get rid of cash, uh, come under scrutiny for that. But it is, the, I personally feel, this is the next big battle that we are facing. Yeah, I think it is, and I hope it's one that we have. Gemma, we've run out of time. I've hijacked you, but I, I, I enjoy our chats and I think it's something that we really did need to uh, get a point across on and uh, we have to say no, uh, no matter what the reason. And if McDonald's can't go and get a, a, a time delay safe 
uh, then I say just boycott that store until they realise because that money is the one thing that they understand. It's about all they understand. Gemma Cooper, thank you. You'll be joining TNT again in about uh, two hours' time. And, of course, I'll talk to you on Monday if I um, understand my diary correctly. Uh, no, I'm here tomorrow. I'm here tomorrow. Unless oh, you're, you're not doing tomorrow. your course thing tomorrow. No, no, it was only last Friday. You've got oh. me tomorrow, Friday. <laughs> well, I'm happy then. I'll, I'll chat with you here at TNT tomorrow. That's Jim Cooper, everybody. We're going to be talking to John Porter on the other side of the break, a former police officer and a man who's going to tell us about some absolutely crazy plans that they've got. I think it's the Scottish National Party, if my memory serves me correctly. You won't believe this. We'll be talking to John right here at TNT after this break. TNT Radio's Hervoy Morich. Approximately 650,000 Ukrainian men aged 18 to 60 have left Ukraine for Europe since the start of the war. It's a tough spot if your country is being invaded. Uh, that's one thing and you're a, a male and a citizen. Um, but you know, if, the war, if it's a globalist war, I, I wouldn't want to participate <laughs> in these banker globalist wars and most of them just uh, are. Hervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not far-right, just right so far thelightpaper.co.uk If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And welcome back. I'll get some terrific guests on this program. I can't believe how well my, my brand new producer, Charlotte, is doing. She gets the best guests ever. Really does. Uh, John Porter is a former policeman, a former university manager, local authority manager, an IT professional like myself. I do that as well. And uh, who uh, has opines, has, that means has opinions on pretty much everything. I love that. And you'd have a very strong opinion about this because believe this or not, parents are facing seven years in jail if they don't allow their children to undergo gender change therapy or you know it's just nuts we're going to talk to john porter right now about it john the world's gone mad yeah well the world the world's been going mad for quite some time mate hasn't it i mean really if you think about it, it it's not even just the last three years or four years now it, it, it's before that the the world's had the slow decline into the end times of western civilization as we know it and all you can do is kick back pour yourself a strong one and just sit <laughs> on the porch and watch it all disassemble <laughs> You kind of feel a bit like the band, you know, playing on the deck as the Titanic yeah. goes down. You know it's not going to end well, but you may as well enjoy it while it happens. But I'll tell you what, I think you and I both, mate, we're, we're going to have a good old try at trying to save the ship before it goes down. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm coming to you here from um, very chilly Scotland, where I'll be later on trading my co-host Ben in the grand old Scottish art of haggis chasing. Ben has an advantage <laughs> in that he has one short leg and one long leg, so he's ideal for chasing them around the mountaintops. But, <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that, um, yeah, we have, uh, we have unfortunately, uh, an absolute imbecile in charge in Scotland right now. We have this man called Hamza Yusla, uh, sorry, Hamza Yusuf. Um, I actually do a skit, a, a parody, if you will, of him, where he becomes the persona known as Hamza Useless, and um, <laughs> I give a voiceover where he actually tells the truth. 
And there's something like 60-odd uh, videos up on ChasingDescent.official on YouTube that you can go and have a look at. They're, they're a laugh. But to, to get to the important thing, he's now again put forward other legislation that, as you say, up to seven years in jail for not allowing your kid to change gender. Now, Scotland's a complicated place because it's got that many different types of laws and things. And as you know, I used to be an ex-cop, and kids were always considered personal property until the age of 16. Um, in fact, you couldn't, you couldn't kidnap anyone in Scotland. It was known as plagium, theft of a child. If, if you took someone under the age of 16. So parents had had more rights than anyone else, and the SNP seemed to have been trying to erode this because they started out, If you, I don't know if you remember, Dean, but they started out with this thing called the Named Person Scheme, yeah. where they were, going to, they were going to appoint someone, usually a teacher or a social worker or a, a health visitor or something, who would be the point of contact for that child up to the age of 18. Not the parent. That's... This, uh, this appointed person. But that, that get thrown out because the Supreme Court said, no, you can't do it. You're going to end up data sharing issues. It's going to be a complete and nightmare. And the SNP eventually gave up on that one. And then they came back. Then they came back again with the uh, self-ID. You know, you just say what you, say what you are and that's it. Nobody needs to question it. But again, the Supreme Court threw that out. You know, you've got to do your two years living as a other sex or whatever. And... Um, this one is just the latest in a, in a line of uh, shock legislation. I think that it's designed to try and keep them relevant because, let's face it, you've got the SNP, the Scottish National Party. It's a single-issue party. That issue is independence. Well, we went to the polls in 2016 and we said, no, we don't want independence. We want to stay in the UK. And, and as far as I was concerned, that was it. It was a, a once-in-a-generation vote. Well, that was only eight years ago, so that's not a generation. But yet they're trying to get another vote. But that's a, a single-issue party desperately trying to keep themselves relevant and trying to keep themselves in power, and they're failing. The, the guy is losing members left, right, and centre. The SNP is losing members left, right, and centre. They're down in the, the polls. And his latest scheme is he's come out and said... Um, doesn't matter who you vote for in Scotland, Labour's going to win anyway. So he basically told the Scottish voters that their vote doesn't count. So they'd be as well voting for SNP because we'll look after you. Yeah, yeah, okay, Hamza. You've sent £750,000 to, to Gaza, right? And it's not your place to do that. You're basically a local mayor. You're not a world player and you shouldn't be on the world stage. And the guy, I mean, I'm sorry, Dean, I'm sorry I'm cracking on here, but the guy really, really annoys me because he has no regard for the people of Scotland. Of course, it doesn't help that his wife is maybe a Palestinian and giving him a in the ear every night. Hey, you know, I, I love it when I meet someone from Scotland who's conservative. It's so rare. It's so refreshing. I think it's fair that I say that because, again, the more I hear about what's happening politically in Scotland, the more I understand why my granddad and my my, and my grandmother picked up with their four boys and landed in Melbourne and subsequently moved up to Sydney. It's just crazy. And the fact that, um, they you know, they, they would happily be part of the EU again drives me absolutely nuts. I, I feel like I've, I've got a dog in the fight, and uh, it's a fight that common sense is losing. See, this is the thing I, I don't get, Dean, because they go on. I mean, in fact, if you think about it, the SNP are effectively like Trump's Republican Party because they're, they're, their supporters have that kind of fervour. You know, they even have the same slogan like MAGA. 
make Alba great again. <laughs> but it's like, but they're, they're so fervent for independence, yet the first thing they want to do is shackle themselves to a failing organisation because you cannot convince me that the EU is doing well. I mean, look at Germany. In recession, protests in the streets, farmers are protesting, the... the um, the freight drivers are protesting at the increase in tolls, and now businesses are, are joining in. BASF, their biggest chemical manufacturer and huge employer, is moving to China. China! Wow. <laughs> and, and, John, I mean, you couldn't have made a, a better analogue, you know, a better... Uh, I mean, there's the Germans. I mean, they are historically, when we think of people who do everything, precision, who work hard, who design, who do everything, you know, just to the pinnacle. Um, and there they are with austerity measures at the moment. You've got Scotland that's got some of the highest unemployment in all of Europe. And, mm -hmm. I mean, if, if Germany and, can fail... Yeah. And the worst and the worst drug record in all of Europe. Still got it. Wow. Mate, it's just... Scotland. It really is horrific. Mate, I, I don't know. How did Scotland go, you know, from the days of, you know, Braveheart, if you will? And I, 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 you know, I know it's a stretch. But you know what I mean? How, how did we get from there to well, here? And I'm going to say we because I'm, I'm part of it. So tell me. I, I can tell you exactly how it happened, mate, because Scotland... In fact, when I was a cop, we used to have this guy who would come round. He was one of the dog candles, and he'd come round with this obsession that he had in the back of his van. And sometimes you'd walk past the van, and the van would be rocking. I mean, and I mean really rocking. <laughs> and we'd go, what's, what's going on with the dog? And he said, ah, it's just having its, you know, it's just having that time where it, it fights with itself because it can't find anyone to fight with. <laughs> and that's what Scottish people are like. Now, you think back. You go back to Braveheart. We weren't one big organised country. We were a bunch of little clans and, and tin pot dictators that were always fighting each other. That's why the English came in and took over, to stop us killing each other. You've heard of the massacre of the McDonald's and Campbell's. You know, so there's, there's, Scotland, Scotland shoots itself in the foot at every turn. I mean, we even do it in sport. Look at Scotland. They drag, they drag or snatch defeat from the jaws of victory at every point. And, and that's what Scots people are like. We sabotage ourselves all the time. So, John, here's the question, because, I mean, I can normally come up with a, <laughs> a solution. But, I mean, is it fixable? I mean, it, uh, do you live in hope? I mean, do you think it can be fixed? Do you think it can be turned around? Can the Scottish mindset, the mentality, can it be changed to the point where they fight back? And, or does it have to get so bad before it gets any better? Well, I, I've got strong views, and, and uh, I've been banging on about it on our show for, for the last two years. But I don't think the, the situation in the UK, or, and let's be honest, any of the westernised or Five Eyes countries, which you're sitting in just now, Dean, yeah. um, I don't think the situation's fixable in any of them without changing the system. And I think that's the big problem. And you can't change the system from inside. And, and maybe um, Darren, Darren and I should maybe hook up because I think we've got similar views here. But you can't change the system from the inside. You got to tear it down. You got to start again. Mate, it's like the old saying, or one that I use a lot. You know, your broken nose ain't going to heal as long as you're getting yep. punched in the face every day. And uh, again, I think in this case, you said it's the Scottish giving themselves an uppercut, and it's it's very sad. It's very sad for me personally, mate. You're living there. Uh, I hope it fixes itself, mate. Because I mean, you look at some of the coolest people on the planet, and many of them have come from Scotland. So, uh, mate, I, I hope things get better, John Porter. I hope we talk again, uh, mate. And I love, yeah, I'd love to, you, um, mate, because this whole thing about you know. 
parents, you know, going to jail if their kids, you know, if they don't allow their kids to undergo this kind of therapy. It is it is beyond horrific and it'll be a good test case to see how this ends up. And uh, if you could keep us up to date on that, mate, I would absolutely love it. Well do, uh, well do, Dean. The, I, I don't think it'll happen. I think what will happen is the Supreme Court or Westminster will see sense and strike it down because, and thank God Westminster's got that power to stop the SNP making these really, really stupid mistakes. We must thank uh, God himself for small mercies, Mike. Yeah. Thank, thank yeah. you, John Porter. An absolute pleasure to have you on the program. Cheers, Dean. Everybody, that's John Porter. Coming up, we're going to be talking to Graham Moore. On the other side of, oh, no, we're going to talk to him a little bit later. At this point, what I'd invite you to do is call in. If you've got something you'd like to say, you can do that, 1-800-670-310. That number again, 1-800-670-310. That would be absolutely terrific. And then on the other side of that, we'll be talking to Graham Moore. Stick around. Today's News Talk Radio. I like hearing the news. news. A lot of news. TNT Radio News. Top of the hour, every hour. TNT. Back again with a look at your TNT headlines. I'm Matt Boyland. The lineup of Republicans seeking the presidential nomination got a little shorter on Wednesday after Chris Christie threw in the towel. Donald Trump has vowed to carry out the largest deportation operation in American history if he's successful in retaking the White House. And a human rights lawyer and active member of New Zealand's parliament has been stood down pending the result of an investigation into shoplifting allegations. The common housefly. Caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Whoa. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNTradio.live. Hey, welcome back to the program. And I might, I'll talk to him actually a bit sooner than I had planned, but I want to talk about this very quickly. Uh, as many of you would know, uh, probably my seven of my 10 best friends are all Maoris, you know, native New Zealanders, the best bunch of people I've ever uh, had the pleasure to be associated with. So when I read this particular story, I get particularly upset. The NZ government commits $50 million to lift immunisation rates, but not amongst everybody in general, only young Māoris. Now, they're a very close-knit society. They've made uh, decisions based on the fact that they get together, they commune together. They uh, still, many of them are religious, many of them um, are around each other and hang about. I should say, uh, sorry, that, where did that Scottish accent just come from? Um, yeah, and hang about each other. Now, the simple fact is they advocate for a healthy, more natural uh, upbringing for their kids, and I think that is entirely their prerogative. The government doesn't like it, pushing, again, after the last four years, I mean, how dare you tell everybody that any vaccine is safe and effective. You could go and have a look at communities over in certain parts of America, the Amish, for example, uh, who don't believe in immunisation at all, and they have the lowest autism rate of any Western nation in their particular group. I mean, it's one in 31 females, one in 28 males the last time I checked, and that was nine years ago, and I, I know that number, and it wouldn't have improved, I promise you, especially after the last four years. So here they are, a campaign, $50 million to try and scare, frighten, I would imagine, is the case for people to go and, you know, immunise their kids against things like measles, mumps, 
rubella, you know, measles, who cares? Mumps, who cares? Rubella, keep your kid away from pregnant women. You know, it's pretty easy. And again, I'll refer you to the Brady Bunch episode. Peter's got the mumps. What are we going to do? We're going to have a measles party. Now, oh, measles outbreak. Five people in New South Wales have the measles. Let's stop the whole world. Front page of the paper. Are you kidding me? We have lost perspective. And how did we get from there to here? In increments, inch by inch by inch. And now they're going after the the the, the young Maori. That's the correct pronunciation. The young Maori kids. And I just think it's absolutely horrific. Leave them alone. Let them do what they want to as a group. And uh, I think they will have better outcomes. And who, who better to decide on what's best for your group? other than your group itself and the leaders that you trust, not the leaders that have been chosen or have been pre-selected, that we have a choice to vote for here in this country. And again, in lockstep, lockstep in the UK, you know, in New Zealand, it's horrific with uh, the outgoing or gone, Jacinda Ardern, another uh, Klaus Schwab love child, you know, sister to another mister, to old mate Justin Trudeau. They're all reading, you know, singing from the same hymn book, these people. And if we haven't woken up as a group by now, makes you wonder if we are ever, ever, going to wake up. I'm going to get to my next guest, Graham Moore. He's a common law and English constitutional expert. He's the founder of the English Constitution Party. And uh, we're going to say good day to him right now. Good day, Graham. How are you going? Good day. I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, amused to listen to, to what you've just said there. You, you say, sound exactly like me when I'm talking to people on my show. <laughs> Mate, it, you would you, me, and another guy um, have reminded each of each other. Uh, Mate, it's. In, I'll ask you this question. That being the case, everything you're doing today. If I said to you twenty years ago, would you be doing any of this? What would your answer have been? Absolutely not. I mean, if you look back twenty years ago, I was um, an engineer in a big telecoms company for the internet, and the main reason that we was doing what we was doing was building a free internet. And then today, and especially in the last five years, particularly the last three, what's happened? We've looked at the free internet. We've looked at the systems that we put in place and built for the people, even though they were commercially active, let's put it that way, it was about free speech. And to see what's gone on and to shut down these platforms and censor these platforms in a way they have, what did I do? Well, instead of doing the engineering side, I taught myself how to create a studio, how to do the lighting, how to do the audio, how to edit and produce live, bring in my own communications kit, which is different to most people. So when they attacked us online, I could put it through that comms kit and put it straight up to the internet. But now what they're doing is they're going to take that down shortly. Well, and just to show how in lockstep you and I are. Um, had, I had the largest online bulletin board in Australia, started one of Australia's first internet companies. And uh, mate, as the world changed, I got to meet people in radio through the IT work. I was doing at one of the biggest radio stations in, a, in, in New South Wales. And again, when you're hanging around people of radio, you're seeing the world go to hell around you and you've got an opinion, you find a way into radio. And that, that's uh, how you and I both found ourselves here today talking, mate, because the world changed, because we sensed that people were working against us. And I applaud you, mate, for making the move, for doing what everybody should be doing and what for very few are. Mate, you're part of the movement, you know, and I applaud you for it. Mate, now it's crazy what they're doing with our cars. I, I love cars. I've got a, a big, in fact, I'll keep it forever, a big 5.7 litre stroke of V8 with a supercharger on it, you know, about 
eight feet away from where I am. You know, I've got motorbikes. I've, I've got all that stuff, mate, and I love it. And I'll be damned if I'm going to be forced into an electric vehicle, and I'll be damned if I would have somebody like uh, over in the UK tell me that I'm going to drive past a camera and be fined for driving into my town. But, mate, it, it goes beyond that, doesn't it? It's just going absolutely nuts in the UK. It's just worse than most places. It is indeed. And one thing I will explain to people, I, I am not British. I'm English. And the people in Australia need to return to the original, as enacted, English Bill of Rights. It protects you and it can only be changed by convention parliament. The point being that these Marxists have infiltrated everywhere. And one of the things they're doing is destroying the working class. And one of the ways they're doing that is they will be taking us off the roads, 15-minute cities, and as you've just said, the British, and they are the seed of communism, basically they've that from January to, uh, the 1st, 2024, pathway for zero emission vehicle transition by 2035 become law, right? So what does that mean? It means that 24% of all vehicles sold from January the 1st of this year in the UK must be zero emissions. And the manufacturers will be fined if they don't hit that target. Now, the, they did actually push it out from 2030 to 2035. The point being, everyone should understand this. Everyone thought motorcycles were exempt. I'm a motorcyclist. I also drive a motor vehicle. And I love V8s, by the way. So <laughs> what happened? They've now started pushing us out. They're going to find these manufacturers, and I believe they're all in it. But who's going to pay them fines, really? Well, the answer is you. Yeah. And anyone who hasn't got the money, and most of them people are working class people, normal everyday people, not millionaires, not these people stuck, stuck in uh, jobs being paid by us, from our taxes in the government, all going out, getting their electric vehicles. The pensions are going to be attacked. Everything's going to be attacked. But you're going to be ending up in a 15-minute city. And they've brought these laws in January the 1st this year. And we're the people who are going to be paying for this. You won't have any transport. I want to know what's happened to all the bikers. They just seem to disappear. Like the, all these big, massive groups of, you know, big men, big beards, big levers. And so as the government, so, so-called one percenters, soon as the government said lockdown, what did they do? They shut their clubs down. I couldn't believe it. I actually left, left the motorcycle group because they said, oh, we've got to do spacing. I said, on a ride. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Right? So at the end of the day, we're the only people that are fighting back and talking about England and talking about our rights. In your introduction, you was talking about taking a bit, taking a bit, taking a bit. That's exactly what they've done. And what we need to do now is stand up and say, that's it, we're not having any more. I, I can't believe that all of that happened under an allegedly conservative government. Could you imagine after the next general election, should Labour get in? I mean, unbelievable. They're all the same. It's a uni party. That's the point. If you go back, let me tell you something. There was a New, New Zealander slash Australian guy, right? About in 1984, he'd done a video. It's on my channel on Rumble. He'd done a video and he explained everything that was going on in the 80s and said, 
This is the Fabian Society. These people are Marxists. They was founded in, in 1884. And you need to understand who these people are. And then when you go and look at it, it turns out that the first or second president of the United Nations happened to be an Australian attorney general. Guess what? He was a Fabian. Uh, and then it's, the Fabians it's, have gone into all these areas. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Years ago, you know, one of my uh, callers um, woke me up to that and they said, check it out, fabian.org.au. You would not believe how many of our prime ministers have been part of that group. You would not believe it. No, I agree. So in the British Parliament, over 400, that includes, and I want everyone to listen to this, the Tories, Toryism is Fabianism. There is no such thing in the UK today as a Conservative Party. It's gone. And, and the reason for that is because they've got Conservative and Union Party. The Union is Marxism, Communism, the whole lot. So what we do is go through and show people how they did it. We've reverse engineered what they've done and how they did it with the laws. The point being, the Fabian Society, Sadiq Khan, senior uh, executive member, uh, Keir Starmer, senior executive member, and I can go through a list of Tories who are Fabians. In other words, they are Marxists. There was a guy called Sir Jeremy Hamer. He was the Hayward. He was the head of the British Civil Service. Guess what? He was a Fabian. The Civil Service, Fabians, Marxists, all the way through all of our institutions. And that's where these laws come from. This is, I call it Soviet Britain. And people need to understand that the Soviet nationality come from Stalin. He was the one, he was the commissioner of national identity. And British is the, is the national identity artificially created by the political union, which was created in 1706-1707. And that is the inroad. They've done it in America. Again, there's a great book out there called The Fabian Highway, Socialist Highway into the US. They've done it in all common law jurisdictions. One thing that Karl Marx hated with a vengeance was England. And what did he say? All communist revolutions have been shipwrecked on the Rock of England. He didn't say the Rock of Britain. He said the Rock of England. Why? Common law because it's a distributed governance system based on juries and jury nullification. The people are sovereign. And that's why they're bringing these laws in, because they're chipping away until you've got nothing left. And they're using police, and especially federal, what I describe as federal police. I've seen the videos from Australia. I'm disgusted at the way these people, police officers out there, are operating and why are they doing it? Because of the forward bribe of a socialist pension. Once you take their pensions away and say, listen, if you're going to operate like this, we take we as the people take your pensions. And, and again, the cars, the 15-minute cities, literally, I drove away from where I live at the moment, which is a mile away from uh, HMP Belmarsh, where Julian Assange has been. I've been down there protesting on quite a few occasions, right? Let me just say this to you. 
Three o'clock in the morning, I drove out to get something from a petrol garage, which we won't be seeing in 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 twenty thirty or twenty thirty five, or very few of them. Guess what they done? They what? was cutting the cameras down. People, masks on, up a ladder, zzz, cutting all the cameras down. I I love the ULES guys. I mean, I wish they had a GoFundMe page where we could fund some. Uh, I, I can say it. I'm here in Australia. Fund some uh, cordless power tools for them. I think they're terrific. Uh, mate, hold that thought. <laughs> I can say it. I don't know if you can say that over there, but um, I just, they're champions as far as I'm concerned. They're absolute champion oh, fellas. And, of course, people driving past, giving them the thumbs up. Uh, I would suggest hardly anybody would dob them in. Graham Moore, hold that thought. We have to do a quick break and we'll be back to talk about Euler's cameras, the champions that chop them down and a whole bunch of other things that are happening over there in the UK. Stick around, everyone. This is TNT. I said, could she die? And the doctor said she could. It was so scary. When I started clawing at my neck and trying to breathe and I thought, you know, what are we going to do if I die here? <laughs> How's everyone going to go on? When someone's gravely sick or injured in the bush, they rely on the Royal Flying Doctor Service. But now the Flying Doctor needs your help to fund vital medical equipment and supplies. Please search Flying Doctor online to give a regular gift of just $10. You can help equip the Flying Doctor's teams to respond to any emergency anywhere. Search Flying Doctor online. Become a part of the Royal Flying Doctor service and help save lives in the bush. She was reading at a second grade level in kindergarten. Pod four swimming before she was seven. Finally convinced mom to get her ears pierced in the third grade. Came in second at her fifth grade spelling bee. Drill team in the seventh. And with one stroke of the keyboard. One click of the mouse. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Report a cyber tip today. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And welcome back to the program. I'm really enjoying this current guest of mine, Graham Moore. He is a common law and English constitutional expert, the founder of the English Constitution Party. I just can't believe how many similarities in our life. Uh, if we just discovered we own or he owned the same motorbike as I currently have, a BMW R1200. So there you go. It's a, it's a small world and the great minds think alike, Graham Moore. That's it. I agree with you entirely. And, and again, what we've got to do is spread this message and get this message out there. Um, th the one thing that I absolutely believe in is the English constitution that was exported to the United States of America, exported to Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and I can see how they've attacked it in every single way. Reverse engineered it. All we got to do is go back to it. We may need a, revolu a revolution to get back to it, but hopefully the glorious revolution that was put in place for us, the people, we need to bring it right back up front and say, that's the law of the land. You cannot go against our rights. It's constantly under attack. It's been bastardized, even our, our very own constitution here. And they always try to appeal, you know, appeal to the heartstrings of people. We just recently un underwent a referendum to appease under 4% of the community, those who consider themselves to be Indigenous. I was born here. I consider myself to be Indigenous, but apparently I'm not based on a 
racial uh, segregation on that. But the simple fact is, mate, here we are. What they really wanted to do, they didn't want to help the Indigenous people. They wanted to rewrite the Constitution in really broad terms that allowed them access to every aspect of our life. So, mate, what little remains of that original law, mate, they're after it. They want to take it all away from us, every single last bit. Well, let me just say this to you. You're on a subject now that I know, I know I've studied it for 30 years, right? They cannot, by law, and this is why they've gone into the institutions, right, and, 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 and the judiciary, that they say via A.V. Dicey that Parliament is sovereign. That is the biggest lie ever been told. Right, that is incorrect. And if you go back to Sir John, Sir John Laws, and many others, they tell you the reason why. The Eng the original English Bill of Rights, states in it by and and it was framed by Lord John Summers, who was the holder and keeper of the Great Seal of England. That law was enacted in a convention parliament, and that convention parliament and that law stated you cannot change the English Bill of Rights outside of the convention parliament. So they had something like 25 days, and if they wanted to make any changes, do it then, because once this parliament ends, the convention parliament, and we go into ordinary parliaments, you can never change it. And that's the part they lie about. And what they've done is they've unlocked Marxists have unlawfully repealed some of that English Bill of Rights, which helps Australians, New Zealanders, etc. You made another point, and it's really important, about Indigenous populations. Look up the law, the international law, and the international law defines Indigenous. Let me tell you something. You are Indigenous to Australia. Whether, whether people tell you in that parliament that you're not, or so-called experts, right, with their own agendas, you are, according to the law, indigenous. And so are the English. And just, you also mentioned Maoris, right? The English have been a nation, one nation under God, since 927. Let me just make sure everyone's clear on this. Maoris have only been on New Zealand for something like 750 years. The English, as a single nation, state, have been here for 1,096 years. So we have an indigenous population. That indigenous population spread its wings, not as British as English and the English constitution and Christian laws to various other parts of the world. And one thing that people must return to is the English Bill of Rights, the Act of Settlement 1701. It all protects you as Australians, New Zealanders, Canada, and the United States of America, and especially Texas. Yeah, mate, it's, mate nothing you have told me surprises me, but it would surprise a lot of people. Again, how did, how did we get from there? To here in increments, they do it, uh, but what that which they can't change, they ignore, and it is just horrific. And mate, I, I just thought as a group, and I mean, as a global group, we would be smarter than this that this kind of tyranny, this kind of uh, uh subterfuge would not work on us. But it, it seems to be certainly not you and I, certainly not anybody who's watching or listening this particular interview, but mate, the 
we are suffering as a result of those around us. And as I've said, as you said, mate, there is, it's a duopoly. There aren't two opposing parties. How they ever use the labor union movement to, to do things that harm the workers more than most, and that still goes on, is beyond me. Well, let me tell you how they did it, right? This, I will tell you exactly how they did it. Do you know who, who helped finance and, and, and found the Labour Party? The Fabians. Who, who was it who funded the Fabians? The Rothschilds. I was going to guess the Rothschilds, yeah. And it's all out there. The Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, etc. When people understand that the Labour Party was put in place to control, not to assist the working class, but control. And when they understand that, and then what the Fabians did is they went into the Tories, the, the Lib Dems, as they're called. But every institution right, has, has been infiltrated by Marxist Fabians. The Fabians created, assisted in the Soviet Union. The Fabians assisted and created China as a communist nation. The Fabians have infiltrated every single element. And let me tell you something, when I put this stuff out there and start going through the history of it, and again, there's a great Australian guy uh, who, who, who put this together on a video in the 80s, right? When people see... What? How the infiltration has taken place. These people are treasonous. They are against the working class, not for the working class. And I am working class. People need to wake up to it. So again, they've done it bit by bit because that is what Fabians do. That is their whole objective. You are not supposed to see it unwinding in front of you, but, but you are now. John, isn't it funny? It's almost like they're laughing in our face. The simple fact that I can go to, and I have to admit, I could have sworn the last time I went on the website, I couldn't as easily find, because I used to go to it live on air and read the names off of our prime ministers, off their website. I don't know right. if they're still on there, but at one point they were laughing in our face. They were literally yep. laughing in our face saying, well, this is us. This is our group. And people, when we uh, kind of uh, suggest that we're part of some global group and us conspiracy theorists, it's there. They're proudly announcing it. It's all there for anybody that wants to have a look. But until the BBC or the bloody ABC go and tell people, sorry, we got it wrong. This is the case. Until they emphatically tell people that, they'll just think the rest of us are nuts. And that is the problem that so many people, uh, I mean, one of the first thing I taught my son at a very young age is um, you'll have an advantage over most people because most people are stupid. The problem is there are some very smart people that figured that out long ago and they have an infrastructure and they control the world. And I told him that as soon as he could talk. No, no, exactly that. And just to make sure that everyone understands this, the reason why they don't like homeschooling is because people like you and me will go and talk, teach the kids the Constitution. That's why they've tried to remove it, right? So the people need to re-educate their children. They need to get their children in and say, we have a Constitution, we have a law of Parliament, and, and democracy has limits, and it is limited by the Constitution the English Bill of Rights, that's what limits their power, and they've tried to remove it. But just to make sure everybody understands this, Tony Blair is a Fabian. His entire cabinet, bar one, was a Fabian, right? Fabians are in every cabinet post, every institution, and even judges are Fabians. So when you start going up against their system, you think, you think, 
Oh, this is a fair system. No, it isn't. No, it's not. They, they are in control and we need to take it back. And that's the thing, John, you and I at some point, we didn't need to be told, we just felt it, you know, and so we figured it out. We felt something was wrong. We did our research and we found out everything that we've subsequently found out, yet other people don't even sense it. They don't detect it. And after the last four years for that to be the case, uh, I just can't help but shake my head. As long as we've got people like you, John Porter, out there to keep keep on keeping it real and spreading the word, I live in hope. Mate, we've run out of time, but John Porter, I pray you come on the program again. I've thoroughly enjoyed having a chat with you here today at TNT. No worries. Thank you. Everybody check him out. That is John Porter, the English Constitution Party. And he is uh, Graham Moore, I should say. Uh, Graham Moore, I do appreciate that very much. Coming back after the break will be uh, not me. I'll catch you tomorrow.